Arizona Sports, Sports. the local sports leader, leader. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. We are at the midway point of this Friday edition of the Burns and Gambo Show, which means it's time to get you caught up on everything you need to know that's going on in sports. A lot of this stuff we haven't even talked about yet because we've been so hyper-focused on the Cardinals and their win last night over the Saints on Thursday Night Football to improve to 3-4 and four on the season. But, Gambo, we will start the 4 o'clock reset with the 42-34 win by the Cardinals last night over the Saints. It took nearly 365 days, 361 to be exact, for the Cardinals to win at home. It had been nearly a full calendar year since they did it, but they did it last night thanks to the return of DeAndre Hopkins, thanks to two pick sixes on consecutive drives by the Saints, and thanks to some great play by Eno Benjamin throughout the course of that game. Very complete Cardinals performance last night, wouldn't you say? Yeah, uh, you know, Thursday night football, a big crowd, you know, and, and watching and, and, all, and the fans there, you know, just happy for the fans that got to go and, you know, pay good money to watch their team play and, and, and walk away disappointed so many times. For them to walk out of that building with their team getting a win had to feel good. And of course, in the midst of all of that was the confrontation between Kyler and Cliff, in which both sides said was not that big of a deal that uh, here's Kyler Murray. Doesn't phase me or I don't think it phases him. I think it was just, like I said, we're just trying to win. It's in the moment type of thing. After that, we're good. And then D-Hop, apparently a marital counselor on this one. I love to see that. I mean, honestly, I love being part of a team that two people are dedicated and that focused on winning. And obviously, you're going to butt heads. I'm not married, but from what I hear, that's like a marriage. <laughs> Care to comment on that, Gambo? No, my wife would kill me if I ever said something like that to her. <laughs> I would run. Seriously. Very fast. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to have a few uh, hotels in, in shouting distance from my house. Yeah. I, I would be staying at one of those if I ever said anything I'd, like that. I'd probably wife. stay in a hotel, too, but in a different state. <laughs> Maybe a different country. It's internal. <laughs> yeah, it's internal. That's what I thought. But everybody seems to think it's not that big of a deal. It happened once before, at least caught on camera earlier this season against the Carolina Panthers. But nobody seems to be really freaking out about it right now. No, they shouldn't be. I, I, again, I, I think a lot of people blowing it out of proportion. It's not a good look. You don't want it to t- turn out like that. It's not a good look, but I don't think it affects their ability to go out there and play against the Vikings. All right, we were off yesterday with the Cardinals pregame show. We did not get a chance to talk about... And the final is 107-105. The Suns, they do it with an amazing second half. We were both there Wednesday night at the arena. What a comeback by the Phoenix Suns in the fourth quarter of that game. Yeah, and they play tonight against the Portland Trailblazers, so Portland play in Phoenix, but it really was because there was so much of that game that we were at that it it didn't look good. They, they were down by 22, and even the start of the fourth quarter, the Mavs went on like a 12-2 run to kind of reestablish order and get up by 15, but I thought a couple of things to just keep your eye on here. Chris Paul not playing at the end of the game. Imani saying he liked what campaign was bringing to the table offensively. He liked the way that unit was playing defensively. Damian and Lee didn't do anything for the first three quarters. Nothing. And then got came alive in the fourth quarter and hit the biggest shot of the game. So a couple of things just to keep your eye on. Those were good to see. I'm going to throw in another thing to keep an eye on, too. The two-man game between Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton in the fourth quarter of that game. That 
might very well be the future of the Phoenix Suns right there in terms of how they're going to win games and how they're going to continue to be relevant and contend for championships long after Chris Paul is gone. That was elite level stuff Wednesday in the fourth quarter of that game. D-Book was extraordinary running it. DeAndre Ayton was extraordinary on the other end of it. That was great to see. I thought D.A. was really, really good. Now, he only played seven minutes in the first half because of foul trouble. So but um, so he was in foul trouble throughout the game. But overall, I thought he had a fantastic game. Yeah, he and Book, just the two-man game was working so well in the fourth quarter. Booker was extraordinary in the fourth quarter of that game. You mentioned it. Suns in Portland tonight taking on Dame Lillard and the Blazers at 7 o'clock. You'll hear it here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, the Arizona Sports app in 98.7 FM. Landry Shamit will be out tonight. College football. Sun Devils had a bye week last week. They got a Pac-12 showdown with Stanford tomorrow. Both teams will be looking to stop their own you know, struggles this season, this weekend. Uh, Stanford really struggling in the conference. So they're coming off a win against Notre Dame. And, of course, for ASU, they're going back with Emory Jones, at quarterback, after Trenton Bourget. Yeah, Stanford snapped an 11-game losing streak against FBS teams with that win over Notre Dame. But they've lost a school record 10 straight in the conference. So, you know, we'll see if you know, Stanford's going to try to end that streak. Yeah, Emory, Emory Jones against the Stanford secondary is a big thing to watch right there because Emory Jones is back and he's completing about 64% of his passes and Stanford has a really good pass defense, number two in the conference. They don't play a lot, but it's crazy. ASU has only one win at Stanford since 1996. The one victory they had happened in 2007. Again, they don't play there a lot. They don't play each other a lot. They seem to miss each other more often than not. It has been a long, long time since ASU has won at Palo Alto. Long time. Yeah, yeah, crazy, right? You you would think. But, you know, ASU, listen, you, you're looking at a coach here in Sean Aguano coming off of a huge win. Now you get the bye week, you get some guys healthy, and you're trying to keep that momentum going to prove that you deserve a chance to be the, the permanent head coach of this program. It's a week off for U of A in Pac-12 action this weekend as well. NHL, the Coyotes lost last night to the Canadiens in Montreal by a score of 6-2. to two. Still just the one lone win on the season, Gambo. Yeah, Montreal just came out like gangbusters, man. Three goals in the first period, and they cruised to that victory. They're 3-0 and at home, tough place to play. You got goals by Travis Boyd and J.J. Moser uh, for, for the Coyotes. Laos and Kraus had a couple of assists. Um, Connor Ingram stopped 24 shots. They were coming off that win against Toronto, which they played really, really well. Uh, but they ran into a buzzsaw. Montreal just took them to the woodshed early in that game. Last night, the NBA Lakers lost to the Clippers, the oh. new big three for the Clippers, John Wall, Paul George, Kawhi all shine and performed well. The Lakers 9 of 45 from distance. That includes Russell Westbrook who was 0 of 11 from the floor last night in the loss for the Lakers. 0 of 11 from the floor 0 of 6 from 3 point range he had 2 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists and 5 steals in the game. I mean he was brutal he missed all 11 of those shots it's just the 4th time that he failed to make a field goal in his career and the 1st time since 2016 that he did not make a shot. Crazy. Major League Baseball, the Astros beat the Yankees last night, 3-2. to two. Sorry, Gambo. They're up two games to none in the American League Championship Series. That series resumes tomorrow in New York. Tonight, the NLCS resumes from Philadelphia. The series between the Padres and the Phils tied one game apiece. That one starts about 4.35. You can hear it on ESPN 620. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a hell of a series, man. And Philly's got game one, 2 nothing with the home runs by Schwarber and Harper. Padres come back and win the second one and 
Uh, I, I, I think there's a real good chance that whoever wins this in the NL, people are going to people don't like the Astros. A lot of people don't like the Yankees, Bernsey. So I think that whoever wins this series, they're going to be the odds-on fan favorite for this one. <laughs> I tend to think you're probably right, and I appreciate the self-awareness for you to admit that not a lot of people like the Yankees. I'm rooting for them, but they're in a 2-0 hole, and again, that series resumes tomorrow. Then one other note from baseball, the Rangers in rebuild mode. They hired Bruce Bochy to be their skipper today. Been retired for like two or three years. Coming out of retirement to manage the Rangers? Oh, that's 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 fantastic. That that's good. They've got they've got some terrific young players, including Josh Young, uh, a great young player who used to come to my house and play ball with us all the time, right in my front yard. Just you know, year and a half ago or so, just a good kid. I've had him over to the house for dinner and everything. Uh, he's a talented young player. So there's some real young talent on that Rangers team. I think Bruce Bochy's gonna. I think he's gonna be able to do some things with Texas and get them turned around. And then of course the big news from the NFL happened during Thursday night football last night. The 49ers trading for Christian McCaffrey. The Panthers get a second, a third, a fourth, and then a fifth round pick. The second, third, and fourth coming next year. The fifth round pick coming in 2024. Quite the haul for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, but you got to go for it, right? If you're the 49ers, you're getting a premier player that, when healthy, it's always the big thing with him, is one of the most dynamic offensive players in the game. And Carolina clearly is, you know, they're not going to win with McCaffrey. He's a dual-threat guy that could really impact the game from both, you know, catching the ball and running the football. Carolina's not going anywhere for them. Great trade for them to get a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth over the next two years. Here's Christian McCaffrey today on how excited he is to work with Kyle Shanahan. I've watched him do some unbelievable things with some great running backs and even the running backs in the room right now um, you know I'm just excited to learn from them and to hear how coach Shanahan coaches not just the running back position but every single position on the field 49ers take on the Chiefs it's thought to be unlikely that McCaffrey will be ready for that game but he could be ready next week when the Niners take on the Rams the Rams this week are off they have the bye week the Seahawks meanwhile they have the LA Chargers so a couple of AFC West teams taking on a couple of NFC West teams this weekend to keep an eye on if you're a Cardinals fan. That is your 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo Show. And when we come back, we circle back to last night's big win by the Cardinals on Thursday Night Football. D-Hop showed he can do it all, all over the field for what it's worth. That's next here on Burns and Gambo. Friday with Burns and Gambo, presented by 72 Sold, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The stakes were very high last night for the Arizona Cardinals, given all the pressure that they were under the last few days, the short week, the ineffective offense, questions about Cliff, questions about Kyler. There was, there was, that dam was getting ready to burst if they didn't release some of the pressure and release some of that water last night. They did, and they bought themselves some time. That was a, that was a much Needed performance. The stakes were high. They delivered. And I guess, Gambo, when it was all said and done, we shouldn't be surprised because with the return of DeAndre Hopkins, what good or bad, right or wrong, it just changes things. It just it, it makes for a different equation. It makes for a different yeah. Kyler. It makes for a different offense. And everybody could see the effect that D Hop had last night on the Cardinals in their win. Yeah, no, it's good and it's bad. 
I mean, it's both. I mean, it's 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 good because if we would have came back and they wouldn't have moved the ball, then we would have had some serious troubles because the season would have been over. But he comes back and he and he, you pick off up where he left off. He just he was great. Ten catches, over a hundred yards. He impacted the game. All three touchdown drives. All three touchdown drives. He was a factor in it. Two of those drives, he had three catches in each of the two drives, and then another catch in another one. So seven catches in the three touchdown drives. Tremendous performance by him. That's the good news. The bad news is. You know, I mean, it just proves that they, 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 Kyler and Cliff cannot figure this thing out with DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, it's that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. They, they they failed, like they flopped. They, they everybody gets an F. You had all that all that time to get ready to play without Hopkins, and they weren't able to. So that's that's the bad. So there is good. I mean, it's good that he's back. It's bad that man. If, if he has to miss any time this year or next year, it's just like you, you just wonder if they can move this offense without him because they haven't proven that they can. They're just so addicted to him. And, and I can hear people right now probably listening to our show. What's, what's bad about DeAndre Hopkins coming back? In the short term, nothing. Nothing's bad about DeAndre Hopkins coming back. But it does kind of set you up in this position that, I mean, he clearly made such a difference last night. All it does is shine a spotlight on how bad they are without him and how they couldn't, you're right, how they couldn't figure out things without him. They are addicted to DeAndre Hopkins being on that football field for him. And, and I hope for the rest of the season he's out there. Because if he is, the Cardinals might actually have a shot at turning this thing around and doing yeah. things that we hope they were able to do. If he's not, for whatever reason, I mean, it's reasonable to assume that the offense just goes right back in the tank the way it did without him because they're hooked on DeAndre Hopkins. I love the chart that you sent over to me. Earl. Now, I was at the game last night, and the first couple, first couple of series, I noticed Hop lining up on the left and then going in motion to the right, or lining up on the right and then going in motion to the left. And then in the trips format, he was one of the middle. He was the slot guy in a trips format. I was, just, I'm watching this and I'm saying, man, this is different. God, this is just so different. You were able to break it down to a to a level that that I, I just saw it with my eyes. But we we're so accustomed. To DeAndre Hopkins, lining up on the left. Kyler Murray knows where he is. He stays on the left. It's one-on-one coverage. You throw him the ball. If there's a safety over the top, you go to somebody else. I mean, it was pretty simple the way they play. Yesterday was so much different the way they used DeAndre Hopkins. I I can't remember what moment I noticed it during the game. You were there. I wasn't. I was home watching it on TV. But there was a moment early in that game where Kyler Murray threw a ball or targeted a ball to DeAndre Hopkins, and he was lined up on the right side of the line. And I thought, okay, well, that's new. You know, that's that's not how we see DeAndre Hopkins uh, uh, applied. Usually he's strictly on the left. We remember last year getting so frustrated, you and me and Cardinal fans everywhere, all of the the, the route tree charts of him just exclusively on the left side. What I sent you today was a screenshot from Next Gen Stats, and I think I actually got it from our Cardinals writer, Tyler Drake at ArizonaSports.com. It shows the DeAndre Hopkins route chart from last night. He was everywhere. Everywhere. He, He was on the left edge. He was in the left slot. He was on the right slot. He was on the right edge. He was in motion. He caught a reception last night from four different receiver alignments. Left wide, left slot, right wide, right slot. Um, that's not how yeah. we're accustomed to seeing DeAndre Hopkins I remember the all. right slot because it was trips right, and he was in the middle. And I'm like, that's that's where like Moore or Andy Isabella would be, or, or Dorch or Christian Kirk. Like that's not where De- De- DeAndre Hopkins never lines up in the middle on a trip's right. And but it was, uh, I, 
I loved it because, and, and I love the motion because we've talked in the past about how this team doesn't put a lot of motion in. They don't run a lot of motion because it changes the defense and everything. You got to find out who slides over and everything. It's a lot for Kyler to pick up, but they did. They ran a bunch of motion yesterday, and I, I don't have the advanced stats and everything, but I would tend to think that they probably ran more motion than they have at any point this year. And I, 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 I you know, at a percentage, a higher percentage of time because they didn't run a tremendous amount of plays yesterday, but I, I really liked that aspect of what they did. So Hop came back. He was great. Everything was in line. It, that, that's the good news. The bad news is it, it really goes to prove that they just can't play without him. And then I liked that Cliff was able to use Hop in different ways and not just line him up on the left. After the game, uh, Cliff Kingsbury was doing his post-game interview with Paul Calvisi from the Cardinals Radio Network, and he was asked about changing D-Hop's alignment. Um, yeah, I mean, we've always thrown it to him a bunch. So I don't know if... if uh, it was in terms of where he was coming from. He's, we, we try to get it to him from a bunch, of, a bunch of different ways, but I think the more he gets comfortable being back in the offense, the more we'll, we'll move him around and do yeah, different things. Yeah, and, and I mean, Cliff seemed like he was kind of talking around it a little bit. D-Hop yesterday after his performance. Spent a lot of time in all season preparing for this moment. Obviously, I knew what I was up against being out his games. I got to give thanks to everybody who had a hand in me coming out and being there to perform. It takes a team, trainers, uh, rehab people, uh, nutritionists. So um, I think today obviously was a success. Uh, the main goal is to win. So uh, for me, if I had 10, 10 catches and 10 yards, if I would have won a game, I, w- I would still be very ecstatic. The numbers you had from Kyler, though, you know, win-loss record with, win-loss record without, passing yards with, passing yards without. Um, it, it, Pretty incredible, isn't it? It, it? You know what? It's a story that we can all see with our own eyes. I mean, we, we, we know it, right? And the numbers just really back it up. Kyler's just a different dude when he's got D-Hop out there. He just is. And it wasn't even a great Kyler Murray game last no. night, but he was still a different dude with him no. out there last night. No, I played with a lot more confidence. Nine wins and two losses with Hopkins, three wins and seven losses without him. I will never again say that anybody else is the most, you know, who the, the player that you could ill afford to lose the most is, is Hopkins. Because even if with Murray, you still you lose. So the player that they can, you know, sometimes you say, all right, the one guy, one guy, you, you know, five guys are on the uh, you know questionable. Which is the guy that you can that you need the most? Just Hopkins, yeah, anytime. Yep. Anytime. Just Hopkins over anybody. Anybody on the roster, including the quarterback. And it's just crazy. He's the guy that he's the most important player on this team. Yep. And it's just crazy to think that that player would be a wide receiver and not a quarterback. That the, the wide receiver might be more important to the equation. Well, I mean, I'll, ask you a, I'll ask you a question. Do you have a better chance of winning with Hopkins playing and Colt McCoy as your quarterback or Hopkins not playing and Kyler Murray as your quarterback? Um, That's a great question. I, I, I think. I don't think it is. I, I, you think it's an easy question? I think. I, you have a better I, I chance of winning. I think the most important player on this team is DeAndre Hopkins. Wow. So you have a better chance of winning with Colt McCoy as long as he's got D-Hop out there. Wow. I've seen Kyler play without Hopkins. They don't win. Yeah. They win 30% of the time. What do I? What I? What else? You, you want facts? It's not a two-game sample size. According to Dave Burns, that's a that's a large sample size. Ten games. They lose seventy percent of the time when Kyler Murray plays and DeAndre Hopkins doesn't. Seventy percent of the time they lose. I think that Hopkins is the most important player on this team, and that if I would rather have McCoy in Hopkins than Murray without Hopkins. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, you want stats from the Cardinals defense? Uh, You're not going to be that impressed. You want highlights from the Cardinals defense? You will be impressed next on the Burns and Gambo Show.
with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Soul. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. That's us on this Football Friday. John Gambadero, Dave Burns, got the whole crew here. Mitch Vareldis, our producer. Eric Ruby, our afternoon contributor with the updates and the Twitter poll question of the day today. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Coming off a Cardinals win last night against the Saints, which has given us a bounty of things to talk about. What do you got for the poll question today, Rubes? It is a bounty of things, and it's a close race for second place. The question is, what will you think of the most when looking back at Thursday night football Cardinals Saints? Now, the runaway winner right now at 61% is the double pick six. Both of you guys picked that. It's obviously the moment that's Stands out, So I'm going to narrow it down to the other three for you guys to choose from. Your three options are the Cliff and Kyler spat, DeAndre Hopkins return after suspension, and finally winning at home after nearly a, w- a year of not doing so. It's not the spat. I'm not. I mean, no. it, it's a thing. It's not everything, but it's not. It's 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 a thing, but it's not that big of a deal. Hop's return. I, I would say Hop's return, just because. I mean, it certainly didn't lead to a perfect offensive performance, but it was noticeably better than it was without him. But I don't want to dismiss winning at home either. But I'm going to say Hop. I, I think Hop is the clear second place one. I'll agree with Gamble on that one. What's our audience say? Sixteen point one percent agrees with you guys for second place, and then tied still for third at 11%. Really? It's Cliff versus Kyler and winning at home. They're they're split by little point zero percentages, but they're essentially the same. Wow. that's uh, They were tied two hours ago when we rolled at this 12. question out there at 12, and now they're still tied. Alright, let's see if we can break the tie. You can vote on the, push, the uh, poll question. Thank you, Eric, as always. Uh, at Burns and Gambo, one word on Twitter is where you can find it. Yeah, you ask Gambo and I what we're going to remember about this game a week from now, a month from now. It's going to be Throws back of the end zone, and it's picked off. Antonio Hamilton in the back of the end zone with the interception. He takes a knee. Fires over the middle. The ball is tipped into the air, and it's picked off at the 30-yard line. Running left to the 20, Marco Wilson to the 10. He high steps, and then he does a flip into the end zone for the touchdown. Marco Wilson with a pick six. Throws over the middle, and a one-handed interception by Isaiah Simmons in midfield. Runs it back to the left of the 40, at the 30, at the 25, at the 20. 20, and Simmons in, back-to-back, interception returns for touchdowns by the Cardinals at the end of the half. Remarkable. Remarkable. That's the that's the turning moment in that game and the thing I'll remember about it for a long time to come, Gambo. And and the and let's start with the Hamilton one, right? Because and, and those the defense to me was was fantastic. Even though they gave up almost 500 yards in the points, 17 points came in the fourth quarter when they were ahead and they were kind of playing a little bit of a prevent defense, let's be honest. Yep. But the Hamilton one gets overlooked because the other two were so dramatic, right? You got the posterizing of Andy Dalton with Marco Wilson making this leap. I mean, Andy Dalton could not have turned around at a worse time. And whoever that photographer is, great job, right? He could not have turned around at a worse time to be posterized in a football game, not a basketball game. And Isaiah Simmons was, like, just incredible. I mean, that was one of the best plays I've ever seen. It was from a defensive player. But the Antonio Hamilton one came at a great time. The Saints had already scored a touchdown. They were driving the length of the field. They were at the 10-yard line. They were about to get some more points, and he picks that thing off. It led to a Cardinal field goal. 
So instead of getting giving points away, they got points. So I don't want to discredit the Hamilton one because it's not clearly it doesn't have the flair of the other two, but it was just as important. No, I'm glad you mentioned And I think it's important to note that that's why Mitch included it there in the interception montage that we had just a second ago. It would be very easy to just have a two-play montage of, okay, here's Marco Wilson's pick six, and now here's Isaiah Simmons pick six. I think you have to throw the Hamilton one in there because even though it didn't put points on the board, it kept points off of the board for the Saints. And I think that's maybe not as important, but it is important that it happened. Plus, it's, I mean, look, Antonio Hamilton, what a near tragic moment that was for him at the beginning of the season to be gearing towards this. He's been working so hard during training camp. He's going to be a starting corner. He's either the coaches are raving about him and that fire and that setback and the burns on his body and the rehab from that. That was his first career interception in the NFL. He's he's a classic journeyman in this league. And for him to come up with his first career interception, the last time he ever picked off a ball was his senior year at South Carolina State. That was seven years ago, the last time he had an interception in a game that mattered. So, yeah, Antonio Hamilton deserves a little love, too. He absolutely came up with a huge play yeah. in the end zone. Now, now, what did you think, like, overall? Like, because I, I thought the defense was, was the main reason they won the football game. Oh, me too. Me too. But, like, you, they did give up almost 500 yards. They gave up four touchdowns. They, you know, there were some things that you look at and you say, oh, I don't know if that deep. But to me, like, they made plays. Mike, you know, they made game-changing plays yeah. on defense that, okay, so the Saints were able to move the ball up and down the field and, and get some yardage and stuff. I, th- I thought the defense was, I thought the defense, even without a sack, they didn't even have a sack, and I thought that they were really good. They've been the story of the season, really. I, I mean, they're, they're what's allowed the Cardinals to be in a position to not be irrelevant you know, at this point in the season, because the Cardinals could very easily be irrelevant right now. And the defense is the reason why, by and large, for most of the season. I agree with you completely. Look, they gave up 34 points. They gave up 494 yards, 25 first downs. There were times they were getting gashed last night. Even, not just late, too, early in that game. The Saints were moving the ball in the first quarter, almost at will, against the Cardinals, getting whatever they wanted. The big play to Kevin White, the the, the big play where Marco Wilson, the touchdown play on the first drive. But I, I thought in a game like that, the big plays were what mattered the most. The game-changing plays were what mattered the most. I thought that a lot of those yards and a lot of those points came late when it was well-decided. And here's the other thing I think about the defense and how they played. You can afford to give up yards and even to a certain extent points like that when you're playing from ahead. The Cardinals have not had the luxury of playing from ahead hardly at all this Absolutely. season. Yep. And, and and so when you're when you've got a two touchdown lead going into the third quarter, it, it okay, you can give up some yards and it's not the end of the world. You can give up a couple of drives and it's no big deal. And, and so for me, because they were able to make those two plays at the end of the first half the way they did and give them that kind of power to play from ahead, it rendered some of those other stats not totally meaningless but certainly not relevant to the final result of that game i I thought the defense won the game for him last night i agree completely yeah, yeah. And it, we'll, we'll talk about Kyler and Cliff, and, and, and you obviously D-Hop and Eno Benjamin, but man, no that. And I just, I, I, and I said this to you earlier, I, I, I bring the binoculars with me sometimes just to focus on one play or not. And I had my father's binoculars because my daughter, Gabriella, has mine. 
Yes. So I, I, I saw the picture I, on Twitter, by the way. Yeah. Those things look like right out of 1950, man. I think they're from the 50, 60s. I mean, it might be from the like 60s. Like they're like, they're, and they were great. Like I'm like, wow, look, I've got these binoculars that are probably at least 60 to 70 years old. And uh, so I brought them to the game because my daughter went to Machu Picchu, and she took my binoculars with her when oh, she went to hiking in Machu Picchu. I'm so jealous. I want to hike Machu Picchu so. Oh, bad. she hiked Machu Picchu. I'm so in jealous Peru. of that. I am one of these days. One of these days, I'm going to go hike. Yeah, Machu they have Picchu. some. They eat some of the weirdest food out there. She was sending me pictures. Man, I don't know that I could survive eating some of the stuff they eat. But anyway, um, I focused on Isaiah Simmons on that one play, and I just got lucky. I totally got lucky because when the play was over, I, I like I looked at Tyler. Like, you have no idea how good of a play that that was. A, man, oh. One of the best plays I've ever seen. Freak show so play. I just, Absolute you know, freak show play. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just focusing on him, and I was just trying to see how he plays. Does he? And he kind of dropped back into like he he dropped back into the coverage perfectly to take away that middle, and he kind of was leaning one way and comes back and then grabs that ball with the other hand while he's leaning another way. It was just an incredible play. I mean, and here's the thing on Isaiah Simmons, and I'm, I don't think I said this before, but you know, he kind of reminds me of that. Kind of reminds me of that 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 old fashioned home run hitter. I might go zero for three with two strikeouts and a ground out, but on my fourth at bat, I'm going to hit a three run homer. <laughs> and I think that's Isaiah. Like I think like he may never be a consistent great out as the best guy on the field type of guy, but I think that he's. You remember the you know the the the, the game in which he jarred the ball loose and they, it was yep. the Raiders game right where yep. he hit Renfro and jarred the ball loose and they won the game. It's just he, he has the ability to hit that three run home. He has the ability to make these game-changing plays. He's a sideline-to-sideline guy. He's got incredible length. He can play the run. He can play the pass. So I think you have to live with some of the mistakes he may make to get the benefit of some of the greatness that he brings to the table, if that makes any sense. It does. That's actually a really good metaphor. I like that. NASCAR Championship Weekend. It returns to Phoenix Raceway November 4th through the 6th. The weekend will have something for everyone, from the diehard NASCAR fans looking to get close to the action to the fans looking for a fun, exciting family atmosphere. So head to the contest page now at ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win sold-out grandstand tickets tickets right now. When we come back, they made sure to bring him back this offseason. He isn't producing. Why and what are they going to do about it? We'll talk about next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Let's go! Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Through that, I mean, with all these pieces now, it's it's gonna uh, be a challenge for us to maximize who we have and, and you know see what we can get out of the personnel groupings that we have. But um, we'll spend the next you know eight or nine days going through it and, and see what we come up with. The question that was posed to Cliff Kingsbury that elicited that response was, "What do you envision for AJ Green's role going forward?" And his response was basically 14 seconds of, "We'll see, we'll see. You know, we'll we'll figure it out. We got to maximize." Maximize our roster, the resources we have, et cetera, et cetera. He's not going to. I don't think he's going to be on this team much longer. Uh, you th- I, I was wondering that last night because he, he basically was standing there on the sideline, didn't even have his helmet in his hand. There was no indication at all that he was going to go into that game for a second. You think this is just about it for A.J. Green? He hasn't been effective in the in the first five games, averaging about two catches a game. Um 
did have the one catch in the back of the end zone uh, that uh, the, there was that there was a two point conversion, right? That was a big play against the Raiders. Yes, but yes. outside of that, he hasn't done anything. I I, th- I think that um, I think that you, they do hope to get Hollywood Brown back in six weeks. Um, the only thing that would keep him on the roster is that they've been just so decimated with injuries. So Antoine Wesley injury, and then they they did cut Andy Isabella. That's not an injury, but the Hollywood Brown injury. But they. I, I just don't see a real role for him in the offense because Hopkins is back and you've got Robbie Anderson now who's going to, you know, he'll be, he'll be at full strength for the next game, be up to speed. And then you've got Rondale Moore as another guy and you've got Dorch. Yep. So, I mean, is it worth it? To have AJ Green as your fifth guy, you like insurance policies, um, so he's an insurance policy. But I don't know that you know. I don't know that it's a big policy. I don't I, like. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, like, I don't think that's a million dollar. You know, the term life policy. No, it's it's. I not think a, it's a fifty thousand dollar policy. It's not a policy that's going to pay you a lot of money, and it's no. not. It's not a policy that's going to help you very much. I, I think one of low key the most significant developments moving forward that came out of last night's game was the fact that Greg Dorch got thirty. 35 snaps and AJ Green didn't get a one. Uh, and I, and I, I think right. that is that is one of those numbers that it doesn't, you know, for talking about the game last night, there's literally a dozen other things we would talk about first before talking about this. And to be honest with you, we have today on Burns and Gambo and on our show looking back at the Cardinals game, but it's kind of time to talk about this. And I, I think that is something significant. Now, my hunch, and I'm, of course, I'm always curious to kind of pick your brain on this one because you're the, you're the source guy on the show, but my hunch is that they hold on to AJ until Hollywood comes back, just in case. Just in case they need another body at the position, but that if everything goes according to plan over these next few weeks while they're without Hollywood Brown, that as long as everybody else knock on wood stays healthy, I don't think AJ Green sees the field. I, I, I think he's, and then I think the minute Hollywood Brown is back, AJ Green is no longer on this roster anymore. He's just, we, sometimes Gambo. Sometimes, and we know this, you and I have been doing this a, a long time, and people listening to us have been fans for a long time of sports. Sometimes you just watch an athlete and you just know he's done, right? You just, you just see he's cooked. He's done. It's, it's, it's over. And A.J. Green, they're not paying him a lot of money, but bringing him back was a mistake. He giving him a role early in the season was a mistake. He, there just wasn't anything left in the tank. And so I think you keep him just in case, but the second Hollywood Brown is back, I think he's not on this roster. Yeah, and, because and if somebody else goes down, I mean, you've got to have a guy that knows the system. Yep. You've got to have a guy that's familiar with Kyler for two years. I mean, he does. He does. That's his, his benefit. I, I've been here. I know the system. I know the offense. He talked a lot about being on the same page with Kyler this year after last year, you know, because there were times the Green Bay game when he didn't turn around. But there, and I and listen, I thought that he was a good signing for them last year, you know. But sometimes you got to know when to cut your, your, not your losses, but you need to know when to, like leave the table, like if, if a poker analogy, like okay, I've I've done pretty well with this. I'm not going to stay in this game anymore. I think AJ Green was one of those guys. You probably just said, you know what, I did pretty well with him, but I'm not I'm not going to go back to the table with this guy again. Yeah, and it's not like look, I, I, I mean Rondell Moore. You brought this up earlier. Rondell Moore had one catch last night. Greg Dorch had one catch last night. I mean, heck, even Zach Ertz only had two catches in last night's game. It's not like they were prolific receiving numbers for the Cardinals outside of DeAndre Hopkins. But I think you're right, and I think your card-playing analogy is right. Anybody anybody who goes and plays blackjack knows that that you know you you get up 
with your with your stacks of chips, right? And as soon as those chips start to dwindle a little bit, right? You start to like I used to say every time I would win a stack of chips, I would put it in my pocket. And then if I win another, I would put it in my pocket. And and eventually you go back to your pocket to pull chips back out and put them back on the table. You only want to do that so many times before you say, you know what? To hell with it. I'm walking away from this table because I, I built up this nice little war chest in there and I don't want to I don't want to lose it all. And I, I think they're at that position with AJ Green. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they maybe they cut him sooner rather than later. I, I do think there's just to be sure you hold on to him. I'm happy that Greg Dorch is getting those looks. He deserves those looks. He deserves more playing time. Um, I, I hope he get. And then Robbie Anderson. I can't wait to see how he changes the equation at receiver for the Cardinals going forward. Yeah, I mean, he's a speed guy, and he's had success in this league, and I think he's going to be chomping at the bit to prove that he, you know, that he, because he was a good player, and he's reunited with Jefferson, who was who was together with the receivers coach with the Jets, uh, so there's some familiarity there. They just don't have a lot of depth behind him like so that's why you would hold on AJ Green but that's the first time in his career that he was active for a game dressed for a game didn't play like that's never happened so at that point like you know is there anywhere like him he's got to be thinking now is there anywhere else where I can go and a team would use me and want me I don't even know if that was the case. If he got released, does anybody even pick him up? Yeah. Or or is or is that it? Is 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 his career over? A couple other things from last night's game that are worth talking about for a few minutes. Number one, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, the the Rodrigo Blankenship fifty yard field goal kind of pissed me off in the moment because it was just like, man, last week you had a kicker and you didn't want to roll him out there for a thirty seven yarder. You didn't want to roll him out there for a forty one yarder. It, it it just once again reiterated the notion how big of a mistake the organization made in keeping a kicker that nobody trusted, nobody wanted to use. Here comes the guy they replaced him with. They trust him with a 50-yarder, and he, he nails it. Now, later he missed a point after attempt, and that didn't you know solidify anything, and hopefully Matt Prater gets back sooner rather than later, but but it was like, oh man, you couldn't have, you couldn't have changed kickers a week ago? I, somebody, I, somebody had a sign at the stadium, you know, welcome back uh, Hoppins. <laughs> Hoppins. Did you see that? It was I all did. over Twitter. Yeah, I did. Welcome back, Hoppins, H-O-P-I-N-S. And Vinny tweeted it out. So I responded, well, I kind of have been missing the K the last couple of weeks. <laughs> you know, that's in the kicker. That's in the kicker. Yeah. Kind of missing the K. I, I did see the welcome back Hoppins side last night. That was... Um yeah, you know, appreciate the appreciate the effort. <laughs> Not yeah. the spelling necessarily, but we do appreciate. It's like the when effort. U of A did Wildcast instead of Wildcats. Yeah, yeah, or didn't they? Didn't they set up like an NIL website and they misspelled Tucson? Yeah, I mean, somebody I, bought the somebody bought it right. Somebody bought it before they could change back. Yeah. ASU fan. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, ASU was like, uh, no, we'll take this. Yeah, thanks. We'll, we'll buy that. Thank you. Not, yeah, not ASU specific, but somebody who, who was a fan of ASU. Yeah, yeah, I did see that misspelling. That was really funny. Uh, Phillies are up one nothing over the Padres in the bottom of the first. Go figure. Kyle Schwarber, solo home run um, off of who's starting tonight for – oh, Musgrove starting tonight for the Padres. So it's one nothing right now. Game three of the NLCS. The series is tied one game apiece. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, D-Hop says it's a marriage. It's not headed for divorce, is it? That's next. Burns and Gambo.